Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. So my whole life, I've never owned a new car ever, 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 ever. Um, I bought service vehicles for my, my company that were new, but nothing for myself. And I buy this Tesla Model Y. I love this car. It's a beautiful car. There's a lot of stuff going around about EV cars. And I'm just going to make a prediction right now that in five years, Tesla has set the bar, by the way. If you ever get in one and you drive it, you'll quickly realize that most vehicles in the next five to 10 years will be trying to meet that standard. Okay. I'm just saying this now because I know it's to be true. But uh, so I buy this Model Y. It extends me financially. Like it's expensive. It's an expensive car. But I love it. And I drive it every day. And I just really, truly enjoy my commute. Okay. I go to work on Sunday. I'm at work from 7 to like about 1.30 in the afternoon. I'm working on a bunch of stuff in the shop. It's quiet and whatever else. The parking lot is dead. There is one other car. So it's a mini. It's sitting like four or five spaces to my left. No one else in the building. It is dead quiet because it's a beautiful day. Everybody's at the beach. I get in my car to leave. I've got my foot on the brake pedal. I throw the car in reverse. I call Dexter because I got to get coordinate with him to go do something, to move something. He picks up the phone. I look in my rear view mirror. There's no one there. I hit the gas and bang, I run into something hard, hard. It's my mail person in their (gasps) postal worker truck on a Sunday delivering a package. It's not my regular mail person. It's the like the person who delivers on the weekends, which I we don't even accept packages on the weekends. So whatever this woman, it's her third day on the job. She sees me leaving the building. She's across the street delivering mail to the mailboxes. She sees me leaving the building and she tries to block me in so that she can hand me the package. I didn't see her because she came around the corner of my building. And when I looked in my rear view, there was nothing there. And I know everybody's going to go, you got Tesla sensors. You got all this, but those sensors go off all the time. And I've just learned to turn them, you know, in my brain. I don't even listen to them anymore. I slam into this car. Like, I mean, it's not hard. It's hard for what it was. It was like three feet. And of course, there's no damage to her vehicle because it's a Jeep, right? It's like those old like metal Jeeps. And uh, of course, the rear end of my Tesla is just jacked. Like it's just banged in on the one side. And uh, I'm like, I'm just super pissed, annoyed. Like I just tried to keep calm. I tried to be like whatever. But this woman is yelling at me. She's like, didn't you see me? I'm like. I didn't see you because I assumed there wouldn't be somebody parked three feet behind my car in an empty parking lot on a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. And granted, yes, this is my fault. I have it on ring cam, by the way, and I'm tempted to upload it to Patreon. So if you're a patron, you can watch it. But <laughs> I rock this thing. Only, <laughs> like when you see me hit this postal truck, it like rocks back and forth like it was in an earthquake. It was pretty great. 
And uh, so anyway, she's done yelling at me and I'm asking her if she's okay and everything. She's like, I'm fine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But your car, it's like a brand new car. I'm like, I know it's a brand new car. So Tesla has this thing where you can click service in the app and you can tell them you were in a collision and they will say like, hey, take some pictures and upload the photos and we'll give you an estimate. You don't even have to drive to Tesla. And the Tesla wow. Collision Center, by the way, is right across the street from my shop. So it would be pretty easy to go over there and uh, get it repaired. And I have read on Facebook and other places that Teslas are extremely expensive to repair. Like even the like small minor things are very expensive to fix. So I upload this thing. And uh, the next day, Sarah goes, did you check your email this morning? And I go, no. And she goes, yeah, your Tesla estimate is in there. And I go, oh. And she goes, yeah. And we're just staring at each other. $5,900. Okay. To fix a dented bumper and a bent uh, hatch. Okay. And the, and so I'm reading through this estimate and it's like, you have to repair, they have to take the entire hatch off the back of the car. They And in order to do that, they have to remove the windows from the rear of the car, which are not replaceable. You, you have to buy all new ones, $400 a pop, plus seals, plus blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so it comes to like almost six grand. And then the guy at the end of the email says, and if we find anything else, it's going to be on top of that. Like this is the basic like repair. So I say to the guy, I go like, you have to replace the entire hatch. And if I, I'm going to upload the video and I'll upload photos of the damage. So you guys can, so you guys can see this. It is not like, it isn't that bad. I mean, it's really not that bad. Like there's some white paint on there from the truck, which buffed right out or whatever. And I'm now I'm like super fly pissed because the post office is calling me going, Hey, what are we going to do about this? I'm like, what do you mean? It's my fault. Like I did it, you know, like it's clearly my fault. I backed into her. You guys have no liability. Like I'm taking ownership of this. And, uh, and then Brent says to me, you know, you could probably call one of those paintless dent removal guys with like the spoons and whatever else. And they'll probably pull that dent and, you know, charge you like a thousand bucks to fix it. And I'm like, that's a good idea. So I started looking around and it turns out like in our little industrial complex, there's a place called dent wizard. So I, hey, I there you go. Yeah. So I, yeah. I call them. Yeah. And I, and the lady on the phone, super nice. Like she, I, I, by the way, I had called all the Tesla collision centers in town that are Tesla certified and they were all assholes. Like every one of them, they were all just like, you could tell like, the guys answering the phones. They didn't want to even talk to me. And, um, yeah, sick well, they're just sick Tesla's. of it. I'm sure of it. So, um, I call this dent wizard place and the lady's like, yeah, bring it over right now. You know, and I'm, I drive over there. It's like five minutes away. And she's looking at it and she goes, they wanted to charge you $6,000 for this. And I go, yeah. And she goes, how's about 800? And I go, oh, done. <laughs> Do it. Like freaking fix it. And she's Ooh. like, yeah, we can have it done in two days for you. Super nice people and whatever else. So oh, it, it, <laughs> I'm telling this story because we got on this tangent before the podcast talking about struggle. And I sounded like a total asshole talking about my, my Tesla because there's a bunch of stuff going around right now about EV cars. And, you know, there's downsides, there's upsides or whatever. And when I, I bought my last car, which was a, like a Kia Sorento, which the engine blew up on me. And that's the reason why that was the catalyst for me getting this Tesla. 
is that I said when I bought that car, that was going to be the last gasoline fuel vehicle that I'll ever own because I've, I've always been an early adopter of technology and opened my mind to the concept that, you know, as a society, we're going to just make and do things better. You know, we're going to like improve a little bit over time. And I'm a big Elon Musk fan. I'm not a big fan of his politics and all his bullshit, the things that he's doing, but I am a big fan of his business, like how he runs his businesses. I think they're, it's brilliant. And the fact that he holds his staff and his engineers to the highest level of quality possible. And and of course there's upsides and downsides to everything you do. You know, you buying an EV, yes, it's expensive or whatever, but at the same time, I just drive and I laugh as I drive by the gas station because I don't have to do that anymore. I can just charge my car at home and it's saving me a lot of money <laughs> in that regard. In other regards, like insurance, it's not. And you don't you know, really. It's expensive hmm. to insure. You don't have to charge mm-hmm. it every day, do you, though? Like you could probably get a few trips. Yeah, to the I, shop I charge it like twice a week. Tra- on one charge. Mm. Yeah. Twice a yeah, week. And yeah, and I save about like $400 a month in fuel. Mm. But I may yeah, what yeah, what yeah. I make up what I make up in fuel it takes up and kind of like insurance is a little bit more because the car is so expensive like they're like fifty grand now they used to be a lot more than that uh, but uh, yeah I paid about fifty thousand for the car which is insane to me I would never buy a car that expensive but when you start looking at all these cars now on the market when you go to buy a new car these days fifty thousand dollars is not that much money anymore you know in yeah. regards to a vehicle unless you're mm-hmm. buying a used car so anyhow let me the, i'm prefacing this entire work for it pro, po, podcast with this <laughs> and this is how we got here we were talking about where we came from okay and uh, Pickle and I have a very similar story where we had lived in some very seedy places doing some seedy things to try to um, pay down rent. I lived in an apartment where, you know, it didn't have any control of the heat and had to open the oven. Uh, burger, Matt Burger's blades. He was talking about the same thing. He had to do the same thing. Pickle had to do the same thing. We lived in these places that were very like tough to live in. And that's good. You know, it's struggle is good because it makes you appreciate the things you have. Every time I sit in that car, and I drive it to my shop, I think I did this. I, I climbed a ladder. I clawed. I, I got to where I wanted to be. And, you know, it might sound silly to some, but it's a big fucking deal to me that I was able to afford that car and to, you know, drive it to my shop where I run a business and all of that. It's a part of my story, you know. And it's important to recognize where you came from and where you're going. And the only way you can do that is to just keep moving forward, taking action. And, but that gratitude component, it wouldn't be there if I didn't have all that struggle. You know, we talk about this all the time. Like if I hand you a million dollars, chances are you're going to squander it. You know, we see this in statistics when we see people winning the lottery, they they tend to blow through the money. And, and it's because they didn't really have mm-hmm. to work for it. They just got it for free. So easy come, easy go. This is human nature. Okay. And so every time you sit down at your workbench and you come up with a concept or an idea or you want to f- formulate something or make something and sell something, remember that's part of your story and it's part of your struggle. And it's a good part of your, str- of your story because with, with that struggle, comes gratitude and pride or it should anyway. 
So uh, cheers to you guys in this mid-December podcast of Work For It. We're all kind of in, I'm noticing on social media, the the stressors are now starting to really press on some people for numerous reasons, making things to try to hit deadlines for the holidays. And then also you have the added pressure of purchasing gifts for family and friends and going to parties and all of those things that are adding to your your daily uh, pile. And here's what I'm going to tell you is that uh, December is is a crazy month and it will be a little bit nuts for you, most likely. Take it in stride. You know, um, every time you go and do something in your workshop and make something, just know that you're a human being and that most people around you are very forgiving. They love you and they want to see you succeed and not be stressed. So don't put too much pressure on yourself. I'm trying to do that myself. Anyway, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to the Work For It podcast. Brian, hit it. Let's go. Let's do this show, baby. Yes. Work For It. Business in the workshop. Value. We yeah, bring man. the value to you. Towards you. Fellas, I love that how the, are you? The intro, I love that the intro to the podcast took like a quarter of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Shit, like 12 sorry about that i i love the sound of my own voice brian i don't know what to say other than and i think I the audience does too i think really i really do i think the the audience agrees you should hear him talk to himself when he's at the house <laughs> like at the house house like i always thought he was talking to i me, saw a really great reel on instagram and it was a guy standing alone at a bar drinking a beer and it said self-employment christmas party self-employed christmas party (laughs) yeah i seen mike jones post that one a while back too yeah yeah so a self-employed christmas party fellas how are you have you been uh busy in the workshop what have you been doing go ahead pickle hell yeah dude i've been uh i've been busy and something you just brought up before cohen launched the the intro music there was uh you know, people stressing about orders, deadlines, this and that. And just remember, December comes every 12 months and Christmas is part of that and gifts are as well. And um, I put out my last knife yesterday, which was a customer pickup. They came and picked it up yesterday and I am stress free of mm. all orders because my other knives are out in the mail getting delivered this week. I've been making knives since uh, late October for this getting ready to make sure everything smooths right. Yeah, flows right, I mean, uh, considering that I did shoot myself in the foot last year and I had a knife come in like December 23rd. And I was like, fuck, dude, that, that was mm. stressful. But this year, that's not the case. So I came prepared and I got everything done and ready nice. for that. You're time. sitting in a better spot than me because I have two more customer knives I need to finish uh, that need to be shipped. <laughs> so I am yeah, see, I am uh, hauling ass. Let's let's call it that. Yeah. Now, now remember that next year, Christmas is going to happen the same time of the year. The same thing's going to happen again. You know, what's, what's this year five of you making knives? <laughs> yes, for Christmas yes, now? it is. You'd think, you'd think I'd be better than what I am. <laughs> what did you learn, Brian? What did you yeah, learn? I, I... No, what did you not learn? Because <laughs> you're still doing it. <laughs> well, I'm going to ignore that timeline again this year for sure. Well, what, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna shoot myself. What really before. happened was I was not scheduling for putting up the drywall and the paint and all that stuff in the shop in those shop updates. 
So I was originally going to finish these knives in that week, or I guess that was kind of more like a two week span. So I would have, you know, if everything worked out to plan, then I would have been done this past week. But, you know, shit happens. And now it's time to nose to the grindstone and get it done. So, and it just does what it is. Yep, it is. It'll get done. Yep. No, I'm, uh, I'm able to take my time and relax now for the rest of the year. Not relax. Like I'm still going to do stuff. Like I, I gotta, I want to press out some billets. I got some customer knives here that I'd been waiting on scales forever from him. And uh, I finally got them. But when I got them was right when I started this in October, my Christmas rush. And, uh, so I told him, I was like, you're going to have to wait till I'm done that till I get to those handles, you know, like you procrastinated, let me procrastinate. And, um, so that worked out and uh, I'm pressing out some steel to put out some random one ofs on top of that. So that's what I got going on in the shop this week. Got some raffles. Check so out the raffle. Check that out. I got a nice uh, triple what's stack. The, yeah, triple what's stack the, of waffles. Uh, what's the waffle thing that you got going on? That's a triple stack. So there's three prizes. There's a... Um, there's a first prize, which is a EDC tactical, like Quaken style knife. If you want to say it's just a pickle cutters custom EDC. Is that the is folding knife, or is that and, the uh, uh, that's per- okay? No, no, that's not the folding knife. That was the last knife for the customer order. Ah, okay. For Christmas, that but, was a um, cool knife, man. Yeah, you doing the work cool. on that is yeah, that came out pretty sick. Yeah, it was cool to watch. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, after you've made about 25, 30 of those friction folders, they become pretty easy yeah, to make. Yeah. You know? So that's why, like, I made one and I flew right through it. And I was like, this is like, this went well. Like, I was actually impressed. And I, if I'm going to do, well, I'm going to do friction folders again, but I'm not going to make a batch of 10. You know, like, I'm going to do like two or three, no more at a time. I've actually got one coming up that I got to change my folder game a bit too. that I got to put the, I'm putting stainless steel liners in there and uh, requires a pocket clip as well too. So I'm going to switch the design up a bit and we'll see how that works out. And uh, you know, try to innovate my, uh, my product, I guess. Nice. So what, you know, a lot of people ask for uh, those clips, but anyways, yeah. So there's that EDC knife that's up for first prize. Second prize is a five hundred dollar voucher to my books, and a third prize is um, a spot on my t-shirt okay. pre-order. And what's the buy-in? So yeah, so that's like twenty dollars Canadian per spot, which is less than okay. fifteen it's US. Not bad. Which is pretty fair. No, it's not bad. There's 50 spots total. I got like 17 spots left this morning or maybe 16. Yeah, 16. I sold another mm. one right before the show. Get yourself a pickle yeah. waffle. But that's December been taken. waffle. Triple, triple pack. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I'm like, quite, kind of like what I'm doing because I got my t-shirt pre-orders that are going out through the whole month of December as well too. And uh, every t-shirt acquired by the customer earns them a spot for a end of the month, end of the year raffle for a $500 mm-hmm. voucher. Yeah. That's pretty to my books. So if you get a t-shirt, you're getting a free spot. Yeah. For and that $500, $500 goes a long way with you. You can get a pretty nice blade for that for sure. Yeah. No, you could get a decent blade for $500. Like, 
we could work something for sure. If know? it were me, if I were but to yeah, win that 500 the... bucks, I would want to ball out with either some Baker Forge or maybe maybe Baker Forge uh, pickle folder. I don't know what you're calling your folding knife, but man, I've been... Uh, those are friction folders. I, I try to stay away from all those funky, complicated names and shit like custom EDC, custom folder, <laughs> custom, you know, PK customs. Yeah, man. I I are. have been loving those friction yeah. folders you're doing. I we talked about it a little bit on yeah, a live stream, but as soon as you put a pocket clip on one of those, it's going to be hard for me to keep the money in my pocket. <laughs> it's like I'm going to want yeah. one. Yeah, I had a customer actually uh, tell me because that's probably something I'm going to pull out in this uh, little one of run is uh, that design and a uh, fixed blade mm. full tang. Interesting. Yeah. That's gonna be pretty dope, I think. Like I'm, uh, I'm gonna sit there and definitely do that. Because when he brought it up, I was like, "Why didn't I think of that before?" Because I dig that design for like a folder and everything, and uh, it does feel good in hand. So I could imagine it would feel good as a full tang knife as go. well. Nice. So I'm gonna make it a fixie. Very nice. Very nice. Brian, what you got going on? Yeah, man. What about you? Um, well, I've yeah. been busting ass on all of these little nano neck dives. I don't know if you've been seeing those little yes. um, folded tang situations where, hey, I mean, it's kind of, it's definitely has a little flavor of the Lin Ray knives, but not nearly as good as those, of course. But I've been really in. It's like a blacksmith style knife. Say that one more time. They They call it technically a blacksmith knife. Is what they call it, that type of handle wrap yeah, and yeah. all that. So, you know, it's, yeah, so it's a mini nano blacksmith knife is what Yeah, you're I've been really enjoying that because, yeah. you know, it's a, gr- it's a great way to use up scraps. I mean, I've got a bucket full of little cutoffs of Damascus and high yeah. carbon where, I mean, you take, you take a handful of those and all of a sudden you can start imagining different blade shapes and, mm-hmm. you know, all you have to do is. I might have to send you it, some. Man. I've got a bunch. I would of cutoffs, love it, yeah. man. Uh, send it my way. I would. I would love to do that. But I've been doing a bunch of those in Damascus. I've got a bunch of them already sold, and um, one of them I'm pocketing because I found a little hairline crack in it. But hey, you know what? I feel like I needed a Christmas present from myself, so now I get to keep one. Uh, other than that, I've got a couple other larger knives I'm working on. Uh, one of them that's like a brisket knife, big old Damascus 10 inch brisket knife. Yeah, I I'm seen excited that. for that. I'm going to be grinding that thing today. So, um, yeah, that thing looks like almost evil for a brisket <laughs> knife, you know, like just the, the profile is like, Ooh, that's, that's what nice. I'm saying. Figured it was a slicer. Uh, that too, customer, yeah. they said, you know what, that, you know, the husband is a big barbecue person, like you know, has like does whole hogs and such like he is all into it. And he's and she said that he has been really enjoying my designs for the K-tip knives and like has been on the fence of ordering one for a long time. Um, So basically, we we kind of slammed the K-tip design on a brisket knife. And there we go. We're we're uh, we're going to be working on that the rest of the week and get, hopefully I mean, Everything needs to go well because I need to have this thing shipped very soon. <laughs> Other than that, um, right. on the website, I just put up the rest of my vintage B cone line where these are all knives that have been sitting at my um, leather guy shop for a long time. He just moved shop. So I grabbed all my knives and um, while he's in the motion or in the move. So basically, I just put them all up on like get them the hell out of my hands 
prices. Like I've got one up for like 55 bucks. Got another like five inch blade for a hundred bucks. Come on. I mean, I just want it for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? The whole idea is um, I just want them out into the world. They're not like if I made a knife at this point, at this at this point in my making career, it's not going to look like these. These are definitely. I don't want to say beginner, but there's definitely flaws in them. Flaws I wouldn't make now. But they are sharp. They are, you know, I, I've i brought them up to good enough to sell and feel good about it. Um, but they're also at that super stupid reduced prices. So, you know what? They're going to go. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So that's what's all over at Beacon. Don't, don't feel bad, dude. Say that? Don't, don't feel bad about Don't feel bad about it. Just remember there's people selling packing knives <laughs> out there. Claiming they're handmade. That the just States, makes so. me like half a degree yeah. better than the packy knives, huh? No, a lot much better. <laughs> it's handmade here in the States. Sure. So, yeah, you're good. So, but yeah, sorry. No, it's good. It's off. all good. Beaconknives.com. There it is. Uh, but other than that, I've just been really trying to get some work done in the shop because I know it's getting colder. And from here on out, it's only going to get even colder than what it is now. So. That's what you'd think, though, that it would get colder here on out. But we're calling for more rain again next Monday, like another inch oh, of rain here, and like warm weather. Yeah, dude. Well, you live kind of in the Maritimes. You're you're close to the north. Yeah. Oh, I'm way I, up that's there, true. though. Yeah, but I'm way up in the Maritimes and like on the northern main border, so I'm on the west coast of the Maritimes. Like I'm not even oh, close okay. to a shore. Like I got to drive four gotcha. hours to get mm, to the shore. But you're still so, no snowboarding yet, huh? You know so. Well, no, but the local hill in Fort Kent should be opening soon. Uh, the one in Edmonston's working on opening, I think, for next weekend, but that rain's going to probably delay snowmaking and those temperatures and all that. Uh, we were supposed to get a ton of rain Sunday and Monday, but that like turned out to be warm weather on Sunday. A little bit of rain on you know overnight into Monday, and then it turned into snow more than it should have mm. been rain, which made my day you know but this next one here doesn't look that promising it looks like it's gonna rain so I'm definitely gonna if i want to snowboard have to drive out and mm. go somewhere and snowboard or be patient and wait speaking of crazy weather i know brian that florida is notorious for hurricanes but is there any is there anything on maybe off the coastline about a tsunami going on <laughs> yeah we've been uh uh, just leaking the uh, the three by seventy nine conversion kits that we're making now. Um, they'll be released sometime in Q one of January. So if you own a Revolution, you'll be able to convert it to a three inch wide belt using our kit. Um, and what's great about it is that you'll be able to also run a two inch wide belt without doing a whole lot of modification. In fact, just changing a tooling arm. You'll be able to go back and forth. So, mm. yeah, we're we're I'll still tell you kind what, of man. In a, like the we've got a couple little tiny tweaks that we need to do because it's the engineering involved is is pretty pretty crazy to make that happen uh, reliably. So we've been just testing, you know. And one of my favorite things is the three inch wide surface grinder. And if you own a surface grinder that is a house made surface grinder, it's just a simple swap of the wheel on the surface grinder so that you can upgrade it to a three inch belt as well. I mean, 
So I'm going to have to have you go ahead and uh, ship me a house-made uh, service grinder. <laughs> and, Talk uh, to Ron about wheels. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a collab with Ron Hips. <laughs> but yeah, I mean... I actually picked up some new... Uh, not picked up, but I got to go pick them up. Uh, he sent me some new wheels for that uh, his small wheel gig yep. there that he got going on, the noisy wheels. Uh, supposedly, these are harder shaft wheels, so... Always We've gotta got, love a harder shaft. Always gotta love the hard shaft for sure. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Ron, Ron is the mad scientist behind a bunch of stuff that we do here. So he, uh, but the service grinder is by far the most popular um, product that he makes and sells. Yeah, yeah. that thing is nice. And um, uh, one other thing that we are working on now, we just started the process. So I get requests daily for designing a, a forging press. And Brent finally came to me the other day and he was like, you know, we're using this 25 ton press and I don't know if it's fully 25 tons. And, you know, we were like really trying to figure it out. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it, you know, there's issues with it. And we're just trying to work those issues out and, you know, it's just normal stuff. Um, and, uh, then Brent's like, what would it look like for us to like design a press for housemate? Mm. And I was like, well, it's be time you know we would just have to take some time and figure it out and i pulled out my batson book because uh uh what most guys refer to is this older book uh written by a guy named batson uh that uh designed a press i don't know must have been 30 years ago 20 years ago and randy mcdaniel's another guy and he's friends with me on facebook so we started talking and uh, I realized, you know, I think there's a market for a plan set for a press. I'm not getting into building them or selling presses as a whole, but there's a lot of guys out there that have a plasma table and have the, you know, they have a saw that would be able to cut steel and put together a forging press. And because I see, just like I saw in the 2 by 72 and the forge world, I see design flaws in presses that I think could be fixed. Um, and I've, and it's mostly in the rail system, you know, how the, when you look at a, <clears throat> when you look at an H style, uh, frame press, like what I have and what pickle has, you have a very small working window in the middle of that press because of deflection. Right. And this is what everybody's trying to get around by creating a C style frame. And even C style frames have deflection. You know, it's really tough when you start building a press and you start adding force to a, a, a spot, you're, you're going to run into flex in steel, no matter how beefy you make it. Uh, coal iron has done the best job, in my opinion, of coming up with. Uh, the solutions to this and figuring out ways around it. And they've, they've come out with a really cool system to do uh, like you can build your own press. Essentially you say, how many tons do you want and what power pack do you want to go with it? And it's a really cool setup. It's really that. cool. And it's tempting for me to buy one. In fact, I've, I've been talking with Nate a little bit about it. However, <clears throat> there's a bunch of guys out there that will never be able to afford those things. And just like in the two by 72 and the forge space, they want to build their own, right? And they want to understand hydraulics. Well, I pulled out my Batson book that I bought three years ago, and it turns out that I had already done all this work. <laughs> so <laughs> I had I had handwritten in spreadsheets and everything, and I had handwritten drawings and 
all this stuff that I had forgotten about and started looking at again. And I started going down the road of designing a press that would be the same footprint as the press I have now in my workshop or close to it that would exert more than 50 tons of pressure. Whoa. And in, and in a couple of, of uh, calculations, more than a hundred tons of pressure. So we've kind of gone down that road of what that looks like. So when you get more pressure, you sacrifice speed. So, you know, there's, there's definitely trade-offs for this, but the market is pretty much barren as far as anyone doing a modern research on hydraulics and changing how a forging press works. And, you know, I love that. You know, I love looking at a market <laughs> and going like, hey, this hasn't really been looked at in 20 years. Like, can we change this and make it better? And then also make it readily available and affordable and obtainable by a whole new crew of guys that because I use my forging press every day. I don't know about you guys. I'm sure you guys use it a lot, too. And so I'm I'm still trying to get mine working. <laughs> well, yeah, you're in that process. You're you're trying to figure it out. So, <clears throat> you know, I see it like this. Not I'm going to make this press not just for people making Damascus. It's going to be for blacksmiths and people who need pressure to form things and uh you know other other bigger projects, industrial projects and stuff like that. So I called Dennis and I said Hey, I need to understand, you know, how this works. And he kind of walked me through a little bit of the basics of it. Um, and he thinks it's a great idea too. So we're going to move forward with this, but, and I already know that I'm going to get a million messages from people going, Hey, can I get on a list? And the best way to do it is just follow me on Instagram, you know, be a patron, you know, follow me on Facebook, wherever, because you're going to start seeing just like you started to see a year ago or a year and a half ago, the development of the Apollo, you're going to start seeing the development of the, the press that we're going to put out or, or at least a, the plants that we're not planning on doing any parts at this time, you know, cause it's just so much steel and they're heavy, you know, to ship them. It's the same kind of concept where I feel like the plans could be, if I do it the right way, the plans can be very plasma table friendly. And a lot of guys have access to plasma tables. You know, they were able to go out and cut their steel on plasma. So if I do it the right way, <clears throat> make it a, make it affordable. Like I did with the, uh, the, uh, revolution, then I think it'll be a success. And that's what we're, so Brent and I have just started the very early stages of doing this research because no joke, two to three messages a day come in from guys going like, Hey, I can't afford a press. You know, are you planning on putting out a, a plan set and this, that, and the other thing? So we are doing it and we're, we're going to start right. moving forward. Yeah. With it. There's the revolution. There's the Apollo. There's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a name for it. Yet. Oh, come on now. Uh, the squishy. How about the orange crush? <laughs> the squishy. <laughs> the squishy issue. <laughs> I don't the know. Squishy. The orange crush. I don't know. I don't, we don't know. It's there's. It's all up in the air. You know. There's. Uh. There. We tend to, when we name something, we sit down as a team, and you know, I have like seventy percent of the vote, and then uh, everybody else has mm. the other thirty percent. But um. That's how it is, Sarah. That's right. 
<laughs> She's laughing, but oh, she knows hilarious. it's true. Wait, get Sarah over here. We got to hear how it really is. Sarah, Brian wants to hear how. Good it really morning, is. Sarah. Come over and tell him how it really is when we when we decide uh, when we make a decision in the shop. You you do speak into this. Okay, you do get closer. You gotta get closer. <laughs> I would never say you have 70% of the vote, but you do make the final decision. And right. it's usually the right one. Usually. But usually. it's always on an idea that was mine. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I hear laughing coming laughing. out of your headphones. <laughs> oh. Hi, guys. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, so Hi, Sarah. It's, yeah, it's usually the uh, I have the concept, the 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 base concept, and then they they refine it. It's a it's a team uh, effort. This is how it works. Team effort. So <laughs> I'd call it I'd call it not depressing. Not, not depressing. Mm. Yeah, right. Yeah, the, the we'll call it like some. It's not what's a well known antidepressant pill? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Prozac. Uh, whatever that's, they are. Zany bars? The Prozac smash. Prozac. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, that's what we're working on. Plus all, all the other projects that we've got going on right now. And we're in the midst of the holidays. So it's crazy. So if you're messaging me and I'm not responding, it's just we're just slammed. I'm also working on you guys tell me if this is a good idea or not. Derek Melton a while ago used to make a little uh coffee scoop kits, and I don't think he sells mm. them anymore. And I started designing one and I'm like, you know what? I think people would buy them, but it's, it's, you know, it's hard to say. So I'm, I'm thinking about putting out a little kit cause I'm going to, I've got a design for a coffee scoop and it came out great and it's plasma cut friendly and laser cut friendly. So like we, we would go to like send cut send or something, have them plasma or laser, whatever they do, water jet. And then when you smash this thing out, and it, you know, the holes line up with the holes in the handle and it's like, it's like quote unquote hand forge looked, you know, it's got that look, but you could like produce them. So we were thinking like, let's do a scoop and do a plan set for a scoop that gets guys into doing these little projects. Because in the last episode or last couple of episodes, I've talked about like some guys are saying that knives aren't moving. Well, mm-hmm. now is the time you have all of these tools to build other things now is the time to get good at making, you know, scoops, spoons, ladles, you know, you have all this access to this tooling. Why not use it? Um, and this project could be like kind of a gateway to get guys, you know, working on those things rather you than, you know, one of the on things knives. that I've, one of the things that I'm going to be experimenting with here in a little bit, um, I'm going to try to make my brother a little spatula. Okay. Like a forged spatula situation where it's basically the same handle as this one of the spoons or ladles, but instead of cupping that copper, I'm just going to leave it flat and do something like that. That'd be I, cool. I'm sure there's people out there who have done that type of a thing, but I, I don't know. It seems like it seems like it's pretty straightforward and easy to do. It's probably way easier than making a knife and faster, you know. So, and I try That's to explain this to guys. I'm like, you have all the tools, you have all the know-how to do this, and I get it. You love making knives. It's manly. It's fun. It's you know, there's a lot involved. But when it comes down to it, every business person needs to make money. You need to have revenue. Yeah. You have to have cash flow. And people love handmade stuff. And if you go on Etsy now. And you start searching like hand forged things and it's all coming from overseas. Okay. 
and it's all crap. I mean, for the most part, it's all mass manufactured crap that's supposed to look handmade and it isn't. And it takes forever for it to get to you. You have an opportunity to highlight the fact that you're making it in the United States and it's actually handmade. You know, people were saying that Etsy is so flooded now with all this cheap shit. And uh, yeah, it is. But there's a whole bunch of buyers that don't want that cheap shit. They want handmade stuff. So look into it, check it out. Uh, I think there's going to be a resurgence of the small handmade metal items that are useful for people. Give you an example. Everyone that I've shown this scoop to, they're like, I want this. Like, how do I purchase this? Like, where where do I buy this from? And I'm like, you can't buy them. Like, I just don't make enough to say these are gifts. You know, I'm telling people they're gifts, they're gifts. They're like, well, how do I get one? Like, like, I need one. And I'm just like, I just, I can't make them fast enough. I just don't have the time. But it's all made with simple tooling. So it's, you know, there's definitely a market for it and people want them. So I think that if we put out a little kit, it's going to start a fire for these guys that are making knives. Mm-hmm. This is my concept, right? Follow me on this story. I'm a knife maker. Knives, knives are not doing so well. They, they're, you know, whatever. You buy this, you see this scoop that I make. And remember, when you like, if you make a scoop that's similar to mine, or if you buy the kit or you buy the plans from me and you make your own, I don't care. Make a thousand of them. I don't care. You can steal my design because I don't, I don't care. I want you to succeed. I'm, this is why I am a part of this community. I'm really good at designing something that works and then figuring out how to manufacture it, but I don't want to fucking manufacture it. So you do it now, and you make the that money. concept, that concept of you designing it and us ripping it off. That goes for everything you make, right? No, no, of course not. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> of course not, Brian. You're Aww. being very silly now, Brian. Stop it. No, I just, it's, it's uh, in regards to these endeavors that I'm doing, but yeah, I mean, Granted, it doesn't matter what I say because people steal my designs anyway. It doesn't, you know, they just do it. And it's it's crazy how shameless people how are, they? by the way. They're like, I see these posts. Sometimes what is even more funny is that I will see a guy post in my Facebook group, DIY Bell Grinders and Machines, the one that I started. He'll He'll steal my design. He'll build the grinder and then post it in there and say, mm-hmm. Look at what I designed and built. <laughs> you changed the base. Well, that's nice of him. And then, of and course. Base is at least 10%, right? Of course, everybody <laughs> is like, it's a housemaker. Are you a moron? Like, because he, they don't do any research. They, they just think that they found some, and everyone's stolen the plans and they're sending the plans to each other and all this shit, right? So they don't know. And then they get spanked in the forum because everybody's like, yeah, that's a housemade revolution. You did not design that. Like, what's going on here? And then there's a couple of guys in Europe, in Austria specifically, who hands down ripped off my design and then sell, so is selling the plans and selling the design as their own on Instagram. And it's, it's, it's cr- like I've told the guy, like, look, you obviously know how to use CAD. Like, at least change the design slightly. Like, Go in yeah. and just modify it. This guy won't do it. He just, and then of course now, he's getting slammed in the comments. People are like, why are you doing this? Like it makes no sense. Everyone knows 
who Brian House is, and everyone knows that he designed this grinder, and you're just ripping him off. And it makes people now, angry. You do have a distributor over there, so let's Definitely let's make do. sure that it's we're... not him. It's not Matt B- Bicker at uh, DIY yeah. Europe. By the way, want to highlight a couple of things. Matt Bicker has a, uh, a podcast called DIY, or I'm sorry, called WFI Europe. So there's work for it, Europe. Also, very funny uh, prank was played on the guys over at Fire and Steel. I don't know if you listen to the Fire and Steel podcast. But all of the pay, well, not all of them, but a majority of the patrons changed their name to Brian House. So it looked like <laughs> Brian House sponsored the Fire and Steel podcast like 30 times, which I found really funny. In fact, uh, here, let me play a clip from this real quick. Let me see. Here we go. That's Brian fucking House. hilarious. <laughs> what? Wait a minute. No. As Brian House counted our fucking thing and told everyone to change their name to his Yeah, maybe. Oh, that'd be smart, wouldn't it? Yeah, oh, that would be very smart. I haven't listened to their podcast this week, so maybe. So then well, in that, that one was that one in was that Brian case. Cadbourne. In that case, I want you to change your name to fuck Brian House. <laughs> 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 Who are we listening to? Connor McGregor here? Fuck. <laughs> Hulk Brian House. That's, uh, that's Honor Kaglar of Dies in Every Film Custom. So, yeah. yeah. No. By yeah, the he's way, fucking hilarious. Uh, there is a list down in the show notes of all of the podcasts that we listen to and then our brothers and sisters shows of Work For It. So, I know a lot of people listen to Work For It, right? And uh, they're saying, like, well, what's another podcast to listen to? Whatever. Fire and Steel is a great fucking podcast, man. They pump out a, a show every week, and it's Toby and Honor Kaglar. And by the way, I never thought that would mar- that marriage between those two guys would ever work out, you know, because Tony's got the dad joke, dry humor, and Honor Kaglar is Honor Kaglar. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like I you would think if they saw each other on the street that they would hate each other, but they don't. It's a great podcast. Uh, so, and it's also comes from a different perspective of the UK EU sort of side of things. So go out and check that out and check out work for it Europe because, uh, so Matt and Keith, Keith is from uh, knifematerial.at. It's two guys talking about stuff. And I've got a couple messages from people where they're kind of slamming Americans and they're making jokes. Remember when you're listening to a podcast in another country, there is a cultural difference in humor, okay? They're not really, you know, saying shit about they're, they're just joking. It's jabs, you know. They they're jabbing back and forth, which I really like because we all know that the United States is the best country in the whole fucking world. So, we yeah, they got straight. they got nothing on us. See? I did it just there. Right there. I just stabbed him. Right like that. That's how it works. There it is. It's humor. Yes, it that's how it works. So, because I had a couple people say, oh, "I don't think they like Americans very much." It's like, no, no, that's the that's the humor. That's that's the humor. So anyway, I've talked enough now, and we're like forty six minutes into this fucking thing. So, uh, I think we've lost Pickle. He's like stoned out of his mind or something. I I'm... <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> there he is. There he is. I'm here. Don't worry. I'm just trying not to talk over anyone and uh, go with the yeah, flow. You're doing a great job, by the way. 
have I, have I told you how many messages I have gotten about how much people love you on this podcast, Mm. filling that seat? Mm. I've heard, I've heard the word. Yeah. I get a lot of messages myself too, and I appreciate it. And I'm, uh, like I said before, very grateful to be able to be part of this podcast. It's a, it's a good opportunity, I believe, and when you see a good opportunity, you should jump on it, right? I don't know about good opportunity. I mean, it's, it's, it's shush, <laughs> shush, Brian, shush, just stop. You're ruining my statement. We're just uh, one of the top five podcasts in the whole world now, so you know. Oh, I thought we were the number one knife related podcast out there, even though I we don't, don't know. Really talk I don't about know if we're knife related. Yeah, no, I'm just say business. Yeah. No, I'm we're not consistently really. getting messages. Yeah, we from, bring it up, but uh, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, that because of the numbers of how many people listen to this show, is that we're in the top five percent of all downloaded podcasts in the world now. So, and that's only been in the like past, past couple, couple months, months since right? you joined up. Since I think that's here. really what pushed us over the top. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Crowned us <laughs> king of podcasts. And honestly, I don't even know if any of that is true because I look at the numbers and I go, yeah, it's a lot of people listening, but in other social platforms, it doesn't really compare. If that makes sense. It's numbers are numbers. And like, you know, matter what it is, if it's, you know, your, your Instagram analytics or whatever it numbers are numbers. Do they really mean anything? You could have a great podcast and have little to no listeners you know what i'm saying it just you know it depends on how you do it and how you push it out there and I, it, that's what it comes down to it's like everything else sure instagram's on my side right now pushing this real like i've gained over 350 new followers since november 29th wow. and but i ha- i haven't sold a damn thing <laughs> you know what i'm saying so those numbers mean absolutely nothing and it's not because i don't have anything for sale I've been on everybody's ass every day for the whole month of December with t-shirts, raffles, available product, and those numbers are not selling any of that. So numbers are numbers. Do your hustle, do your thing, make it work. I agree. I And, and remember that there's... You better I, agree. I absolutely agree because we <laughs> see it in our business too where people just sometimes don't buy things. I mean, it's just that simple. It's ups yeah. and downs of, and the historical data shows that it's very consistent month to month. You know, you can almost mm. predict now, you know, like this is going to be a slow month. So what do we do? You know, let's mm. look at, let's look at the data. Let's go over it from an annual standpoint and then see what we can do to improve, you know, the numbers, you know, what do we need to do strategy wise? Because there's a, it, regardless of your, if you're selling knives or handmade goods or woodworking or whatever, if you can pull data from the previous year and find out that like, December's a slow month. So what do I got to do to get yep. my revenues up? Do I need to put an item that isn't moving on sale? Do I have anything that I can change? By the way, all the collab stuff that's going, uh, uh, that we did with uh, Austin Saunders at High Caliber Craftsman and... Um, Bobby over at Reaper Metalworks, those are selling. People are going on and buying the scribes and they're buying little um, Thor's hammers that Bobby made. Mm. And every time I see one of those sales come through, I'm like, damn, this community is great. You know, and it's 
sometimes it's a name that I don't even recognize. You know, it's like just somebody that went on and found it and purchased it. And Oops, yeah, and so it. things are going good. There you go. Um, we're getting towards the end of the show real quick. Just um, wanted to jump into WFI projects real quick. If you guys got a minute, you got you want to jump into that? Or do you have anything else you want to talk about? It. While we look that up, do you want to bring something else up that we haven't brought up yet? Or uh, I don't know. what You're going to have to help me out because I'm old and stupid. <laughs> Starts with an S. S. This is not a good clue. <laughs> then it's then fo- followed with a P, and then an O, oh, and, then an <laughs> and then an N. We have sponsors. Is that clear enough, Brian? We have sponsors of the show. <laughs> yeah, sponsors oh and patreons. You know, you know that keeps the show right, ad free. Okay, right. so starting this thing off, I just want to say I ordered from Maritime Knife Supply. Friday of last week, and it is out for um, delivery today. So, I mean, if that doesn't oh, tell yeah. you how quick Maritime Knife Supply, Lawrence Lake over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca or .com, wherever you are, he takes care of you. Go over there and check them out because they have steel, they have handle material, they have tools, they have abrasives, they have everything you could possibly need over at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and let them know that the Work For It boys sent you. Yeah, for sure. I'm just like shopping on Lawrence's website right now. I didn't know that he had all of Charles from Atlas Forges stuff up there. He's got anvils and uh, forges. So if you're in Canada, and I've got one of the the Melton Forge Works mini swage blocks. That's what I'm using to do all the cupping for the uh, the, the coffee scoops that I'm making. And I love that little thing. I love it. It's a great. I use my hands for cupping. <laughs> You're ridiculous. All these poor. All right. So, and then also, I don't know if you guys have been right. on Pelican Paste recently to see all the stuff he's working on, but he's got uh, the standard Pelican Paste, which is a hard shell wax. It's not like everybody else's wax that's in a tin. It's a hard shell wax, and it uh, buffs to a shine, which I've been playing around with on my blacksmithing stuff which is really good. It's really great. <laughs> what are you laughing about? What? I like how you I like how you veered that towards blacksmithing stuff because you're talking about polishing. It's true, you know? it's true and, because uh, the the handles are yeah. carbon steel, so I started like, you know, experimenting with different types of wax. I'm like, I got tins of pelican paste. What am I doing? I should just like put this on there. So it's pretty great. And then he's got the hand salve, he's got the soft. Let me look at it. what what these are all called. There's the hardening wax there's the paste packs there's the uh you can get a custom logo you can get oh and he has the healing hands salve which is like a Mm. tin of soft stuff that you can put on the cracks that we all get on our fingers from washing our hands a bunch and dunking them into the uh, swarf buckets and all of that so and he has a softer wax that is that'll melt in your you know with your uh skin temperature like it'll just you can put your thumb in it and it'll melt and then you can apply it to whatever you want. So go check out pelicanpaste.com. Use WFI10 as your promo code and get 10% off. Make sure that Travis from Bird Forge, who is the owner of Pelican Paste, knows that the Work For It boys sent you. And uh, Pickle, why don't you do a, ba- a Baker Forge read? Oh, my God. You caught me off I can, guard. I can but... do it with you. But yeah, Baker Forge and Tool, you could get all your fancy steels from them, you know, like 
all their copper my stuff and their their, their uh, let me pull up the fucking Baker Forge page real quick before I start throwing Firestorm no Ripple. So Firestorm, see, see, you're way better. Give me well, a fucking hey, heads up I'm, next time. I, it's okay. Don't feel any pressure. I'm just telling you that um, every time I. Oh no, they got something. Go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Every time what? Well, they got something even like bigger that I should announce as they got a new product in store online is the Apex Ultra. Mm, yep. They got this new high carbon super steel that you could order from them, which I am very intrigued by and I will be looking into getting some. But other than that, they have a bunch of stuff that they they do. They got their Firestorm Ripple Damascus Core. They got the Dark Mai with a copper shim in there, which they just dropped like last week, I think. They also got ultra wide stock now because they could do it now. They got the tools for it. They're amazing at what they do. It's just crazy. Like that rolling machine and everything, that rolling mill, it's nuts. Their Copper My Raindrop Elite is beautiful as well too. That's a mix of copper and nickel Damascus for cladding. On top of an ADCR V2 core, that's just nuts. But yeah, these guys, for all your um, fancy steels, you could take one of their bars and tenfold that money into a beautiful knife. That's worth more than what you think could sell a knife for. And uh, if you want to etch it and get that premium etch, they also have Gator Piss. And uh, I just renewed my jug of Gator Piss, and it's totally worth it because it saves you a lot of struggles when it comes down to etching materials with copper, especially. Or regular Damascus, even, too. Like, you don't have to deal with as much oxides on your 15 and 20 because it does a clean etch. So, yeah, Gator Piss, Baker Forge and Tool. Check them out. They got all what you need for all that fancy steel stuff. There it is. There it is. Use WFI 10 to get 10% off. At bakerforge.com. Oh, yeah, see? That's why you're better at this than I am. You did a great job. What the hell are you talking about? It's a, You did a great job. I tried. We also, this show is commercial-free because of the sponsors, but also because of the patrons. We have... Ooh, we've got three new patrons this week. Did Guinness Akratis... <laughs> Degenis Akratis. I'm assuming. Are you sure that's not like a joke name? It's not. It it looks like even his even his email <laughs> that's what I'm that. it could be that. It could be the freaking fire and steel guys dicking around. Um Nightmare Knives, that's Chris Weller. And then yep. Hugh H U G. It's one of my followers. Man. M A N N. Hugh Man. Hugh Man, I love it. Hugh Man, thank you for your patronage. And as always, uh, if you're a patron, uh, you get first crack at the $100 hammer drops that we're doing with Gnome Hammer Forge, Ryan over at Gnome Hammer. And also you get involved in his hammer giveaway because he does a giveaway every month. Your name gets dropped into the hammer giveaway spreadsheet for free and you get the after show because we uh, answer a question after we will read your question in the direct messages remember in the back end of patron if you want to ask us a question you can do that uh, in the messages section and I think because of where we are in the show we need to just go ahead and read that question and skip WFI projects for this week 
And I've got a really great question from Kyle Daly of KH Daily Knives. And uh, this question is, what lower cost tools do you wish you upgraded to something higher quality sooner? So Mm. like if you have a lower cost tool, what's a tool that you kind of regret, not regret, but you wish you had, you know, upgraded it much faster uh, because it was a better return on investment. And it was, he's using the example of these tap handles he bought from Irwin and the tap handles broke. He had two of them that broke in the same exact spot. And he eventually just, uh, him and I and Brent were talking in an Instagram message together. And it was like, I told him, I'm like, just get it. If you're going to be doing any tapping at all, you need to stare at tap handle. It's just like the best in the world. So he went out and got one and he's glad he did because it's a life lifetime tool. You know, you buy a stare at tap handle and it's a lifetime tool. Anyway, in regards to that, we're going to answer that in the after show. So be thinking about that, boys. And if you have listened all the way through to the end of this show, I love you. I love you very much. Just know this, that let's get to the after show. Hold on, Brian. I'm almost there. (laughs) Okay. Take a look at everybody's balls right now. Just. Yes. Titties. <laughs> I want you guys to know this right now that you and I are on this big blue and green ball traveling through space that tomorrow could be consumed by a black hole and all this could be changed. We could be dead. It'd be very morbid. It'd be very sad. <laughs> but because we're to- here together, we have meaning. There's meaning behind all this stuff. Appreciate you guys. I love you guys. I hope you're having a great December. And we will see you in the after show. By the way, I tried to turn on this music during this thing, and it's just freezing up on me. I can't get any of the music to play now. It's just you got to leave that music stuff to me. What do you oh, I know. I know. So I, I, it's a cool feature. What am I going to do? Anyway. You could add it in afterwards. I though, can, right? but, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. Oh. <laughs> All right, on to the episode. It's a lot of work. I don't want to work I for it. Work, I'm I work hard enough. I need this shit. So. <laughs> All right, let's go to the after show. Let's answer this question. Titties. Titties.